Welcome to the Rudo Love Podcast, a series of interviews and anecdotes tailored for the inquisitive souls of today. For today's ooh ooh interview, where I ask juicy questions to people who move me, I have with me Amitha Kala. I have been frothing for this babe to be on my show for a while. Uh, let me give you, my dear listeners, a take on how I see her, and then I'd love for her to express herself in her own words. How would how does that sound for you, my darling? Oh my gosh, that sounds great. <laughs> <clears throat> so Amitha is a fountain of intellect. Fountain. <laughs> Joy, <laughs> pleasure, and enthusiasm. I can tell she is a child of delight because I've seen her giggle. I've seen her blossom over things I have too. As such, kindred spirit of delight. I see so much that we could possibly have shared in our lives. And then there's this rich cultural difference between us two that I want to explore through food and perhaps how and what we've navigated in our physical and sensual ways. I'm so in love with your plant-based foodie life <laughs> on the gram. And big ups for you on that journey. It's not always easy to maintain. Uh, Career-wise, I'm really impressed with your creative background, the content you've produced, and of course, endlessly jealous that you got to work so intimately with Michelle Casey for that year or so. So, <laughs> shout out one time. <laughs> without really explaining who you are or your background per se, I've just shared this whirlwind of how I experience you. Perhaps you just get that sense that I'm turned on by your creativity, your passion, your ethics, and your being. And the rest, well, let's delve to find out more about what Amitha's take on topics of body positivity, behavioral science, plant-based food adventures are. Yes. Hell yes. Let's do it. Oh my God. What an intro. <laughs> Woo. Ay, 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 ay. <laughs> did you want to uh, introduce yourself or did, did I do a satisfactory job? I think you did a really good job. Um, I don't think I would really add much besides. No. That really is who I, that's my brand. You know what I mean? I'm a, so, I guess some context, I am a digital marketer. So I feel like I always do that sort of spiel for other brands. Mm. Like I encapsulate what the brand is, but like hearing my brand described by somebody else that I had no, I had no partaking in giving you any keywords. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. This is what you like, the brand that you, and I'm like, whoa, that is that is very on brand for me. Awesome. <laughs> she's plant-based. She's ethical. She's sustainable. She's trying her best to live a life whilst being creative. And like we're trying to just navigate the space. And yeah, that's that's literally it. Do you like that fountain of intellect and joy and delight? Hell yeah. Fountain <laughs> is such a, it's like such an expl like it's a powerful word because you can really feel like the Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> We've landed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> so, first, I want to mention the <laughs> intellectual thirst trap of an interview that you did with Jenna Wee on her party, Asian and Aotearoa. Uh, I was dying. It was, yeah, it was like my obviously my first podcast. And listening back to it, I was like, oh, whoa, this is incredible yes. just to have these conversations is really really cool mm -hmm. like younger self needed sort of stuff so i'm so happy to like talk about it more mm -hmm. i you what what i liked is that you took us through your lived experience with your sensual self your personal renaissance as i'd call it um that you're in right now the intersectionality of your culture family mainly white friend group growing up and hear about all the entanglements of whiteness and unrealistic body expectations, including like toxic work culture on top of that, mm -hmm. that you freed yourself from. Mm -hmm. And then there was like this incredible vulnerability and honesty in the interview where you just kind of talked about like your relationship with self and your loves and masturbation and sexuality. And it was just... It, you even snuck me in there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, I drew you gloriously and beautifully. You. Yeah, it's been a journey, right? Yeah. 
so let's talk first about how life has been since that interview. Oh, so that interview like came out the first night I stayed in this apartment, which like I live alone now. Um, when I did that interview, I was still living with my partner at the time. So when mm. it released, it was like my first time coming, like being here my first night alone in the space. And so it all felt super aligned. So it's just, it just was like liberation, like the, speaking my truth, like owning my voice, like saying my story and not being ashamed. And like, that's what I'm saying when we say, I feel like I used to like have to cut out the labels of like sizes of clothing because mm -hmm. I didn't want to remind myself about these certain things. So it was just like sitting with the like shift in who I was from like so much resistance from a breakup that I knew I didn't, I knew I sh like didn't want to be in it, but there was so much resistance because of familiarity. Mm. So it's like then coming into this and then again, seeing another battle that I had done with like not wanting to talk about my body or not being proud of being a fat person and then seeing it all happen like and I was like it's just like so much like that night I was like just in my feels just like mm. so satisfied with where I was you know what I mean just like everything coming into alignment and just feeling like so right and mm. um, so that's how I've been going I, I call it my growth i mean I, first of all i call it my queen era but mm. it's also the era of like growth and healing mm. that is the how exact how i feel right now in this moment it's like every single day i'm discovering new and newer things and it's like huge shifts happening and i'm like whoa these are huge like it's just i just know i'm just leaning into it because i'm so opened and ready for all the shifts so yeah that was just like my first step in it and the feedback i got oh yeah i did you got oh, some so much just so many bit. oh <laughs> so many people and i every single one i like would share to jenna and be like jenna <laughs> like we're like because also she's also starting out like we're doing a thing where we're like impacting the people and we're seeing how speaking our truth resonates with people and how seeing us live authentically helps them live authentically mm. and I was like whoa I would have never thought that you know we could have that impact but being community leaders yeah in the space is actually really important just to like show up yeah it's like now I like you know make oaths like never edit photos in terms of like stretch marks like face tuning when before I would always face tune the photos and because you want it to fit an aesthetic and i'm like wow it's actually more powerful to just be super authentic and just like that's yeah this is who i am because yeah so that was the feedback it was just like thank you so much for being vulnerable and so like having all these conversations with people some who were still in their journey some who have like also done the journey some people like affirming that they see that they like love seeing me be more authentic. Like that's what I get time and time again. It's like, I love seeing you live your truth. And I'm like, whoa, Being I didn't realize how obvious it was, I guess. Yeah. And it's like, cause I mean, I'm going through it. Yes. And it seems like a very deeply intimate personal choice to be making. And yet um, it's, it's visual you're, and you're chronicling it. I mean, you and I both use photography as a way to tell our story. Mm -hmm. Do you remember how it felt when you first started posting pictures of yourself and, and changing that narrative and making those changes? Mm, good question. I was nervous. Were you? Yes. I think I was posting it as I was going through it. So I would have this wave. Yes. And then I would say, I'm going to do a freaking... No, I think my first... One of my first boldest moves was to buy a two-piece bikini. I oh got it off Depop when I was in London. And I was like, oh, no, you know what? I'm going to get off Depop. Obviously, we're ethical queen. I'm sick of And it's like, oh, it's so nerve-wracking. First to get it, then to put it on, and then to do this whole photography. Like, you know, you take photos of yourself, mm -hmm. and then to wear it in public. That's the final step, obviously. And it was so – I remember telling my friend who I was like in – I went on this beach trip to Margay, and I was like, this is the first – time in my entire life that I've ever worn a two-piece to mm. the beach mm. let alone in public mm. I was like 
what? Who I would have never thought that this day would ever exist in my lifetime. Agree. So yeah, those shifts have been <laughs> and then I just document them and post them. But it does come in waves mm-hmm. where you're like, oh my God, da da da, confident queen. And then you're like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Like people think I'm weird, da da da. But it's actually then I was play, praise be to therapy. <laughs> Shout out to my therapist, Azaria. <laughs> um, she uh, love that name. Yeah. Michelle recommended me Azaria. Um she always is like you know, it's just like you're, you have to, you have to just like love yourself, essentially. And that is like the root cause of it. And like all these little tools and tricks and techniques and like understanding you don't need to people please. What is people pleasing? Is it overstepping a boundary? Da, 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 da. I mean, I could go on, but there's so many things that come up. And this is all just what I mean when I say growth and healing yeah so it's been really nice i think doing that podcast and then having people then talk to me it's like i'm starting conversations yes which is what it felt like yes so i'm like oh this is cool i didn't realize people wanted to talk about this but people want to talk about it people want to talk about it <laughs> i mean I, we want to talk about <laughs> it <laughs> yeah again um so you've you're further down the path now do you find it different to how you relate to your friends who aren't necessarily bigger gals, as you put it? I don't talk to them anymore. So the friend group that I talked about with Jenna, being the only fat brown friend in a group of like thin white women, mm. I'm actually not friends with them anymore. Mm. Um, yeah. It just kind of made it. I think I tried to keep contact with a few, and I do keep contact with like a handful, but it's definitely, I think we we all have that like understanding that I think is just like, not the same. Yeah. Maybe that'll change and I'm so open for it to change. But right now, I think the friend group that I have and stuff, it's a lot more diverse in bodies and shapes and sizes. So it feels really like safe. So I think it's different about who you're with, I feel. So Absolutely. now I relate. It's just like super safe. I don't even think about it. Yeah. Which is nice, whereas before I think I always thought about it, but I wouldn't say it was the friends. I'd say it was just my own space. Because mm. I was always like, when's the next diet? Well, I think that's really charitable charitable of you, you know, because you could easily just kind of project and like lift and shift all of that discomfort onto like your friends. I think that's very, um, very awesome of you. Oh, but it definitely was not not them at all like we were just living we were all just circumstances of our like upbringing Oof! (laughs) wow yeah i mean you just drop little pieces of wisdom like that like it ain't no thing (laughs) i'm like yeah this is this isn't the stuff people think yeah it is Mm. exactly where you want to get to where you can just see you or just the summation the collection of of learned experience totally and like i think i've always i've said this for a while but i'm finally like acting on this it's like i say if something isn't adding positive value why have it in your life and i think i've said that about a few things and now it's just like going into bigger and bigger things that i never thought that'd be like oh i actually no longer want this Mm in my life and it's super liberating because then your whole body and this is something I've been working on as well it's like when you start making decisions based on um what your body is saying to you it's like your inner child trusts you more it's like oh my god I tr- I'm trusting you because you're looking out for us mm-hmm. where in before when we do things that are like not listening to our body that's when we get like tense shoulders tense muscles because everything is like stressed and like on survival or like alert mode Mm -hmm. um yeah so it's just been that's cool that's very cool (laughs) yeah it's so cool to like lean into like when you get like a little bit witchy woo woo and lean into all the things that i think i used to put on a you know like a oh can't can't be true Mm-hmm. pile mm-hmm. and now i'm like oh yes 
I believe in magic. <laughs> it's like so much fun. <laughs> I'm glad you're having fun. That's that's the name of the game. Yeah. On top of it all, like the growth, the expansiveness, but the fun and the pleasure. It's like you something you met or what you manifest something like you know, they say manifest and then you manifest and then it happens. You're like, wait. No, I really and you can see, I mean, I studied psychology, so I always knew um self-fulfilling prophecy Mm -hmm. so i was like manifesting is just self-fulfilling prophecy but in a different like explained in two different ways Mm. so yeah yep i'm into it let's talk about your commerce background um you gave me an interesting glimpse into behavior and psych you know the science realms behind how that shaped do you did the did the psych come first before you started getting into commerce or did they kind of go hand in hand? Psych came first, so like understanding human behavior and like the groupings and like those sort of tendencies came first and then came like the marketing and then understanding that marketing was psychology. Yes. So it's like I did that first, then I did marketing. I was like, "Hang on. I'm so sure I learned this in Psych 101 in my marketing 108 you know, paper, like that's how the connection came. And then as I delved more deeper into it, I'm like, oh yeah, this is it. Especially like when we social media is just like understanding addiction, understanding sensory um, pleasures, understanding sound as well, how to keep you going, the endless scroll, Mm -hmm. um, the notification, the little, yeah, the, all the lights uh back in the day you could bump someone on facebook and it would like you know shake your phone there's so many things i don't remember those days oh yeah i've been on i've been on the internet hard for a long time yeah <laughs> like i i'm like a hard internet user so i always say like it's my fate to be a social media a strategist because it combines like like creativity or like on a digital format yeah and i've been doing this since i was like in high school what was the the thing that got you when you were younger that made you like, i think i like so okay like bebo got me because you could edit the cover photos and i would like make my cover photo in paint nice and i would like make sure i got the right dimensions because i wanted my cover photo to be personalized like how i wanted to interact with my display picture Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I just mimicked it and I think that was my first like graphic design for social media was Bebo uh, gotcha. and I've always just like done random I've yeah always loved photo editing and all that and having the online tools just made it easier and easier and like stretch getting, your creativity they are getting incredible they stretch like the, the stuff that's being produced creatively online is fantastic yes it's astounding yes it's so smart I'm like, wow. Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember going to art school and having to learn so much within like all of the Adobe programs. And now to just have something like Canva. Mm. You do not need. I feel like I've used Adobe once and it was so it took me longer to learn how to do the thing I wanted to do. <laughs> to just like yeah. go to Canva and takes two clicks and dun, dun, dun. Yeah. And then that kind of so. You know, on one side of it, you know, people who are potentially more classically trained might see that as like lazy or, uh, you know, cutting the line of sorts, you know. But then like the other part of it is, well, that frees you up that you now have like all of this creative space to get into the juice of what it is that you're trying to show. Yeah. I don't understand that. I feel like I'd understand maybe if we stopped drawing hand to paper or something like that, like stop doing like the basics of like that movement. Mm-hmm. But Adobe versus Canva is just an online, it's just a medium, a digital medium. So just I'm just like, stop. Yeah. I'm sorry your degree is no longer valid. <laughs> Welcome to the rest <laughs> of our lives. <laughs> so did the, did the psych and the behavioral sciences and marketing and commerce, did it sour any of that for you, seeing that it was, um, you know, a manipulation of our psychology or did were you like i'm going to use this for good oh first i was like how am i gonna like who's gonna pay me the most to do this or i was like oh i knew when i wanted to be in fashion because i was a fashion stylist whilst i was studying 
marketing. Oh. So that was my, so I was doing, that That's was my. That's a lot. Yeah. You're very busy. Very busy. I mean, it's the capitalism dream. She's girl boss. <laughs> <laughs> She's, uh, I also used to run like a little trade me business where I used to sew frilly lace socks and no, we're, we're busy. Oh. We're, it's capitalist. That's why I said marketing. I should go do this. Mm. So while I was doing that, I always loved fashion. So I was doing it on the side. So it didn't really taint me too much because I think I was just trying to associate those two things together. How do I market this? Because I'm the target demographic. Like I would buy all these designer things. So it just made like I didn't it didn't sell me. You're doing it for yet. you. I was doing it for me. Yeah, I didn't really I wasn't question. I wasn't questioning capitalism and I wasn't questioning brands at that time. See, there's like ominousness here. You're saying yet at that time. Of course. So what what was the what was the shift? What happened? What happened? That's so true. I that's such a good question. What did happen? I became so radical after being someone so <laughs> sucked in to the, to the game. What? I think, oh, you know what happened? So a big, this is going to be like, like honest. So yeah, I went to, I went, it was so, it was just again, like a random series of events that kind of shook it where I was already feeling a little bit blah. I was at like three years at this like high-end fashion job and I had assimilated all of my self-worth and who I was as a core person to this job title. Mm. And so I was at this point and they, I was trying, it was like a toxic relationship where I was trying to, I was like, I was like, please, can you just pay me? Like, can you pay me? Like, I think they were paying me like very, very low. And I was begging them because I was doing all their social media. I was their retail coordinator. I was doing all this stuff. And I was like, come on. Like, it's like, I can't move out of my mom's house with this. Like, it's crazy. And then I went off overseas. And then my mom found my bongs because. Oh, no. Yeah. So I lived with my mom. My mom found my bongs. I was overseas. Uh, then I came back. She wasn't speaking to me for three months. Whoa. This is like. Okay, she wasn't speaking to me for three months. The meanwhile, I'm still working at this job. And then this had been like two years waiting, but my dad's, who passed away, is his inheritance money had just come in at that three-month mark. Like in, So this happened in Jan, so my mom has not speaking to me. Now it's March, and this money comes through. And that is the thing that like kind of kick-started my I guess like freedom so mm. actually it was all of that happening as a catalyst for me to like have the financial freedom of choice yeah because that is what it gives you in the re reality speaking it's like so I could finally quit that job I then booked a ticket to go I bought like a backpack and I booked a ticket to go to Santiago Chile oh wow and I decided I'm going to travel the world by myself for a year. Oh, wow. I went radical real quick. <laughs> I was like in fashion, living the game. doing. But I was already unsatisfied and I didn't know why. And I didn't know how I was going to change it because I'd associate all this stuff. But then my friend, I remember he was like, why are you still working here? He's like, you're rich. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's like he like put, he's the one that put that question. He's like, why are you working here? Because he was working there for money. Mm. So he's like, I was like, I he didn't, you know what I mean? It's like when you don't associate the job to like your whole self. I was like, wait, I don't have to work here. Like he, he's the one that planted that seed. and was like, you don't have to work here. Mm. And I was like, it was, that was my mind blow. Uh, yeah, so that's when I quit and then I traveled the world for a year and that was so much growth and healing. Oh, wow. It was insane because, uh, yeah, it was my first time not only like not being with my mom, um, but like oh, yeah. okay. not having a full-time job. Like like I was canceling Left out of the devices. Really. Yeah, I was canceling out of like the world that I had was working towards, you know, they say you go to school, then I was, I got a math scholarship, then I like studied psychology, I did like a volunteering overseas um, in the Philippines, doing like psychology, came back, and then, you know, I was like doing all the correct things, and then suddenly I became, like, I just, you know, it's just like, yeah, something's got to give, like, you can't just keep living a life that you think you need to live. Mm. 
<laughs> and so I guess that was like the thing. It's like the universe was like, she's going to find your bongs. She's not going to speak to you. you know, you're going to finally like, here's like the freedom to leave. You're going to finally realize that this company is only going to pay you as little as you will allow them to pay you. That's what I never thought. I thought if I worked really hard, they would recognize it and pay me. That's not how life works. It's business, baby. Um, yeah, so it was all these like dun, 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 dun. And that's what really planted the seed of then me. Just like I think I started growing my hair. My, I started growing the my legs, legs hair, the hair on my leg. Mm-hmm. That was the first thing I let go of. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, it was so good. And then like you're cutting hair and like, you know, looking like masculine, like handsome, like describing yourself as handsome. Mm. Uh, yeah, like then like questioning he- like all the things. And then I think I started following, and that's what I said on Jenna's podcast as well, like following the right social media channels because understanding, so like understanding marketing, then seeing what am I allowing myself to be marketed and who I'm choosing to follow on social media mm-hmm. because there a lot of them are influencers, like that that is the term. And so if you're following the diet, the how to lo- how how to like meal plan to lose weight, um, if you're following the pages that like okay or not okay this lifestyle like that's the lifestyle they're living i mean that's their life that's their truth and um, that, that's just going to be infectious to you but once you start following the liberated pages like um like sonia renee taylor mm-hmm. like all these like really powerful things then you the seeds of thought get planted in you every single day it's true and so you're like oh this is why I say this is why I strive now to work with content creators that are putting a message that I proudly believe in because I understand how powerful the content we make is. How much time do you reckon you spend working on social? Like how much time I'm on social? Like cuz I feel like I'm on social media for at least two to three no maybe two to four hours every day and do you give yourself boundaries sometimes i'm working on that at the moment but only because i'm feeling like if it gets overwhelming i know now to switch to another medium because my brain wants to be active but i find my eyes get tired Mm. so then i'm like oh i'm gonna like um we i've been binging meditations what <laughs> that's such an interesting combination of words yeah binging meditation well i say it because my therapist that's what we said we said we're not going to demonize binging meditations because mm. it's like it's like really heat because i was like to her oh you know i was feeling so exhausted and then you um i remember you sent me this meditation like a pussy worship meditation so i did a, oh no i did like a or i am actually makanaka sent me one as well with um Oh. oh what was it it's like you like your abun- abundance it was an mm. abundance meditation and I was like I started that meditation feeling blah and then it was 20-30 minutes later and it's like a whole different version of you fantastic oh, it's like med- it's like medicine mm. meditation is like medicine absolutely whoa so yeah that uh, I spend a lot of time and it's a lot of it I think is valuable because the channels that I create for now are very like left liberal. So the content that I take in is normally seeds of conversation. Mm. If I get exhausted, yeah, I'll just stop. I'm pretty good at that. Praise be to Michelle and Listening working for body. her for a year. Yeah, where you just like understand, oh, you don't have to do one thing for six hours because – you've told yourself that this is what you have to do. Yeah. It's like, actually, maybe I'm going to do something for two hours and then I'm going to go and walk my dog. Then I'm going to come back and maybe make lunch for 45 minutes. We love, we love, a, we love a good meal. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we're going to go back to work for another like three hours. Then maybe we'll do something else and then go back to work later on in the evening just to like round up the day. It's yeah. like, I love that sort of lifestyle structure and it's so pleasurable and so now and so 2022 Mm. I love how you've uh, described a lot of change a lot of um, evolution within yourself and in your learning 
the the thing that I think that I wanted to reflect on with you <laughs> and hit record <laughs> <laughs> was about the shift that I think a lot of women in large bodies go through where they stop looking at their body as a problem mm-hmm. and start being really excited about the body that they've got and start infusing their their senses and storylines and inner narrative around other bodies that are just as beautiful that are like them. You know, that that shift of, I gotta fix this to look like that and instead just completely flip that on its end and go, I'm gonna look like things that make me feel great about what I've got. A hundred percent. And like for me that that only started by seeing other fat women do that. Yeah. I was like, that's literally the only way. There's you can tell me a million different like, oh love yourself, da 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 da. But if you don't see it, it's really hard to understand that that it could even exist. Mm-hmm. So I totally like like and actually this is like another side conversation thinking about like the shift and going back to how I feel that shift like in New Zealand my I'm not desirable especially in the circle I mean I should let me rephrase that this that was a, a weird sentence that, Amita. yeah let's backtrack that <laughs> in New Zealand when I was going through that shift in 2018 working in fashion only hanging like my friend only being the fat brown person in my friend circle the parties that I went to I was not the societally defined definition of who the guy should go for. And I hardly ever was. Mm -hmm. So it's like having to experience not being chosen really didn't help with the narrative I was already telling myself in so many other streams of um, storytelling. So when I actually went overseas, oh my God. She was a, it was then, <laughs> left, right. <laughs> I think I, I had sex in every country I went to. <laughs> and it was fabulous. I don't think men are particularly good at um, banter or or sexual flirtation in this country. That's what, Very this, this is what I was trying to say. Like, it's just that that's what really made me see. I was like, whoa, wow, I'm so desired and like like abundant it just it's just yeah like so having to once you see the evidence Mm. it's very hard to forget that evidence and Mm. so then you just start living it and then um just attracts attraction just happens because people that is what you know confidence is so what alluring Mm -hmm. i mean that's what i love in a man like oh the confidence (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah that really helped (laughs) yes makes me happy Mm -hmm. um there is we've kind of hinted at it but i would like to be more obtuse about it fat phobia is taught Mm -hmm. there is a sense that we have an opportunity at this point to switch off that deep-rooted messaging. And if I'm picking up what you're putting down, a lot of that has to do with the therapeutic journey. Yeah. And... Yeah. Is there a particular type of therapy or a particular therapeutic experience that has been the most transformative for you? Or do you think it's a culmination of all the different modalities you've tried? For me, I think the biggest one was visual. Mm. You have, again, like you have to see these fat women living their best lives (laughs) in order to know that that because that is the thing that stopped you from doing it before i like we we only are being portrayed as smelly and gross and lazy and evil and you know ugly like so you're gonna embody all those things because that's what you see it being portrayed as that becomes the you take on that bias you take on the fat phobia Mm. because you don't want to be associated i mean I still recall like one of my first sexual encounters, I went in with like a waist trainer because I wanted to appear thinner, even though, you know, I was so scared about this person seeing my naked body for the first time that even leading up to the moment, I was still in the waist trainer. I remember being like, I need to go to the bathroom and like took it off. But I was like, ooh, 
Um, oh, yeah. It's just like all these little things that you would never think that you go through. It's like, yeah, this is what we this is what we end up doing because we take it on because we hate our bodies that we are living in. Yeah. And so the only way to shift that was seeing the fat people just being happy. Yes. And just not being, yeah, not being all those things. And so that was the visual stimulation was the best and just following the curve accounts and even ASOS curve. That was like one of the first online shopping platforms that had fat models mm. and i remember i just go and browse and be like oh it's so cool just to see a model you know you're on an online store and you see like fat woman yeah whereas i when i used to online shop before i would have to just imagine very ugly clothes when it's like oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh we only get the stuff that looks like wallpaper great. or great yeah yeah or it's like you something you see something and you're like I think that would work with boobs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. You have to really like know how how a piece of clothing can like mm. work and adapt. Mm. Can it be stretched? <laughs> Does it have like what's the vibe? The zips. <laughs> I love that. It's a very visual journey for you. I, I would concur. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's. There's tr- there's truth to that um, for me as well. I remember um, a therapist um, asking me, you know, okay, so you're an artist. You want to go come at this with an artistic lens? And she asked me about my understanding of beauty standards and how they've shifted. You know, has the thinner form always been a standard of beauty? No. Okay, well, can you go into, um, you know, the the halls of art history and start picking out images of beautiful fat women and start making a library for yourself. And it was actually really, really hard to find beautiful images um, outside of, you know, like the Rubenesque era. Mm. Um, And then I think that's when I said, you know, fuck it. I'm going to go on Instagram and just try to find as many beautiful fat women in lingerie as I possibly can. You know, there was this one particular artist um, who drew this character. He drew this character, like this reoccurring character that kind of kept on going throughout um, his his career. And her name was Hilda or Hildy. Mm-hmm. And she was this beautiful, buxom, large woman. And she was always bursting out of her PJs or like, Yum. you know, um, diving into the water naked. And she was just like this fulsome um, flower goddess like kind of cheeky like you know a little butt crack sticking out and like puppies like biting at her clothes like there was just such exuberance and playfulness in her mm. like that was like okay yes that but now I need to like really see it in real life yeah and Instagram really delivered the goods the fat activists on there are incredible mm-hmm. and the thing is like it feels so nice it almost feels like a big sister where (laughs) yeah because it's like you see the comments and because a a lot of them are very versed in their activism they know how to like talk to them and not that they owe um like trolls anything right but trolls come often come up like for me my family would tell me like the really mean things it's like what do you say and like the way that you would like rephrase or like like take that instead of internalizing what they're saying they're like come back it's just like well this is this is clearly like you projecting your biases onto this picture of me a stranger on the internet Mm. some people are bold there is that you know (laughs) i don't see you and so i can say whatever i want to you that scares the crap out of me yeah but yeah, like I said, uh, I think I mentioned it where it's just, yeah, the family members sharing anonymous fat people in our group chat and, like, making a derogatory. Oh. Yeah, that's what I had to deal with. And so it was very hard. That's very aggressive. Very aggressive. But also, like, you had to see it as them just joking around and teasing. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, no, but they do think that. So, like, yeah, <laughs> it's a lot to like, uh, that was a journey in of itself for me to like no longer care about 
what the family have taught, like family ideals. Mm -hmm. Because that is a big thing for people as well. It's hard Mm -hmm. when you just start living authentically. I think I had to have a big discussion with my mum. I would be like, that's fat phobic. Do not make comments about my body, please, because it is very triggering. Beautiful. But yeah. Well done. It's it's a such a journey, but I feel like really proud of my mum for like making an effort because mm. it, it's really hard to question that thinking that you think is so right as mm. well. Yeah, because we're planting the seeds of shift for them. Like totally understandable because yeah, we were literally right there. Yep. So it's like how are we using our new knowledge to like champion change within our community? Yes. And it does continue on. Um I love the idea that my child won't hear, will never hear me talk ill of myself. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Because the amount of weight, I think I went to my mom with to quite a few Weight Watchers classes. Like it was so normal to hate yourself, mm-hmm. regardless of how you look. Mm-hmm. Then that you just have to not be happy. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, no big deal. Just no big deal. Be miserable. Yeah. We chill. We out here. <laughs> I am never going to create a diet for myself that requires me to be miserable mm-hmm. in order to achieve the thing. And I've read so much, and I feel like it's coming out now more and more and more that we understand what havoc diet culture has actually done to the human body. Like everything, like, oh, I'm going to be really naughty and have some um, biscuits. It's like, it's, you're really putting a lot of like value and like power of your mental health, your mental state, how you feel about yourself on biscuits. Mm. And the yo-yoing that actually happens. Oh, oh yeah. It's a cycle. Yeah. And you don't realize it's a cycle because... When you're in, when you fail, society doesn't say, oh my God, obviously it makes sense why you like this. They don't, they say it's, it's your poor mm-hmm. mental strength, mm-hmm. but actually it's not. The you're, system is set up to make you lose a lot of weight, but then that is not sustainable mm-hmm. and your body is going to pack on double the amount after that. And it's going to go into mania because you've been in starvation for yep. X amount of like months, years, however you want to like hold your mental health. This is still yeah. relatively new. Yeah. <laughs> now, this is a like hot topic, but I believe bodybuilders don't understand that they have an eating disorder. And that's like so normalized where it's just like boiled chicken, yeah. white rice and broccoli. And I'm like, well, you've got very young boys now who are in shredding mode. Yeah. And it's a culture, but I totally understand it because it's like how you hang out with your friends. It's like what you do. It's what you talk about. It's what you, but it's like all, it's like a group eating disorder. I know. Like poor <laughs> boys, like the, the, the women are kind of like getting their revolution now, yep. but are we just passing on the pressure to, to the young boys now? Yeah. I, it's this. is Yeah. I mean, it's on men. Men need to go to therapy to help other men. Mm-hmm. But totally, it's it's another conversation that's going to be had maybe, 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 I don't think too long. I'm mm-hmm. hoping maybe in the next few years it'll click on. So let's talk about the ideal relationship with food. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about your relationship with food. Oh, my gosh. It, <laughs> because, because, yeah, because when you're in that cycle of yo-yo dieting, it's so hard to even see what a relationship with food could be like when you're not restricting or binging. Mm-hmm. And really, again, I talk about the freaking influences. And so this is why I say I love social media. The influences content making intuitive eating change my life. So I started, I think, with If It Fits Your Macros. That was like a flexible diet, quote unquote, that if you wanted to eat x amount of calories you could eat whatever you wanted if it fit your macros Mm. i think so that was like my first step into intuitive eating where i was like oh i can eat whatever as long as it fits into the this other number and then i removed the other number (laughs) 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 and because i just started seeing like people just eating like whole like cooking whole because i've always loved watching food videos i've always loved food content i've 
always, throughout my entire journey, food is some food, videos, photos, everything is something I've always saturated my mind with because it's my obsession, right? It makes sense because it was like some, I used to watch food all the time if I couldn't eat it. So it's like I could watch it. Oh. Yeah. It was, an, I mean, food is my obsession. It's mm. my everything. Um, but it took it from being something that I used to, yeah, harm myself with. So it was like self-destruction in terms of allowing myself only certain amounts of food, like putting restrictions, demonizing things. So like if I ate a biscuit, I would feel so guilty. And I'd be like, how could you eat that biscuit? How could you give in? How mm. could you like want that? So it wasn't even mm. like, you know, joyous at all. It was the whole time eating it, like really wanting to have it. But underneath that was this deep love. Oh, yeah. Mm. Because it's like, I, 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 I feel like my palate has always been super explorative. Like I've always enjoyed a range of it, but I've, but I've made to be been, I've made to feel guilty about it because I was in a fat body. So it'd be like, oh, of course, are you eating? Or like if some, if you choose to eat a pizza, it's seen as really, really like, my like yeah the, that's true the reaction you you'd see. get from eating a pizza when like my aunt would order a salad or i mean my aunt on a trip bought a sandwich and she said i'm only gonna eat half and i'm gonna save the other half for later what are you gonna do and so i did the same of course i loved her <laughs> she was my idol um so it's like that sort of relationship going then to just and it was a journey and i like once you stop doing the yo-yoing and once you actually allow your body to, you like authentically say, I'm never going to go on a diet again. And that was really hard mm -hmm. because it was like pretty much admitting, not you've given up, but like that's the mindset that you want to think at the time when you're making that decision. It's like, am I like, da -da -da, it's your you're tackling all these stigmas that you had held for so long. Of like, yeah. oh, am I not going to go to the gym every day? I'm sure if I have it, like, I've, am I not going to have protein powders for breakfast? Like, is that really not the life I'm going to live anymore? And actually, like, I relaxed so, like, it was, it was just so good to not think about food because, yeah, and I, and I will admit, it, you do binge because it's a journey to find the like balance of like going through, but like mm. with therapy, you understand not to demonize yourselves or like w all the decisions you make, because whatever decisions you're making, usually it's correct for you at the time. Mm. So regardless of if it's like bad or not, it's just like, it is what it is and it it's happened. Mm. So it's like, forgive for yourself and keep moving forward yes and the balance just finds itself and now i like know my body i know exactly what i need to eat when i go oh like i don't even like i used to i used to write down every morsel every crumb that i would put into my mouth wow and now i just don't like if you ask me what i ate for breakfast i'm like i don't actually know i have to think about it and then I'll say, oh, yeah, I had, like, oatmeal with, like, butter and cinnamon. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, you have to, like, and it's like, yeah, because I felt like having that at the time. And then your body just naturally, like, when I, I open the fridge, I mean, this is where I do, I do know that I'm blessed and that I know how to cook. So I can just open the fridge and, like, my body will pick what we feel like, what the vibe is like, what the ingredients. <laughs> like, are we having a sundubu jjigae? Are we having, like, a lentil something are we just having are we having i love potatoes i love yeah like, are we having potatoes with hummus with like a coleslaw with explain what you've done here because this is like a very different tahini style hummus that i'm pointing to something which is you know my audience is not gonna know what i'm doing <laughs> there's this beautiful dish that you've made and there's like there's like a dukkha kind of seed on top with like this beautiful relish but the hummus itself is like there's like a kind of peanut oh. so it's mostly peanut butter because i was what it's because i only had some hummus left over and peanut butter and tahini do a very similar thing and i was already adding the oh you clever cookie i would never thought to do that and chaos and so i just kept adding water to thin it out so it's peanut butter, the smoke and fire, 
um what is it fix and fox shout out they're so hot <laughs> proceed with caution it's really hot <laughs> yeah i thought it was gonna be the same hotness as no. smoke and fire That's, it's the smoke and chaos hottest peanut <laughs> i've ever and, and i'm like i can eat hot like dang mm. uh yeah so i just made it's like just like a like a sort like a like a yeah a sauce and then sesame seeds and it's pickled red onions and it's beautiful divine but as i say i love so food. you've got you've got some some chops underneath like all of this intuitive eating is like some general like solid foundation of understanding yeah and i say that i'm just a creative being so i see <laughs> food as art yeah and like creating the textures the color scheme the everything like if i'm when i had covid i don't know if you saw my uh, what i eat in a day covid edition i that's how i played up all my meals that's it's amazing. like even when i'm sick there's going to be a sesame seed on top some some color range like the plating because that. that it's just nice and yeah. i feel like when you also like very michelle ethos inserting pleasure throughout the day and like that, that, actually, that's a big one. Is like that's just pure creativity for me because I don't mm-hmm. always share that content. But I'm like, this is how I like all my food to be um, had, and it's just just like so pleasurable to see food in this way. Wherein before I would eat a cup of like cottage cheese, you know, you would I would do the most, yeah. And because some of those diets, are like I remember, I would count eight almonds. Oh. Babe, <laughs> not never <nine>. again. <laughs> never again. Never again. <sighs> so yeah, this change is huge. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> oh, we've covered the gambit. Is there um, anything that you wanted to talk about that we haven't covered? I don't think so. If we covered the gambit, then no. Yeah, then I'm trying to think. Any other topics? Oh, 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 uh, nah, maybe. Well, if we talk about go back to my fashion time and how I um, put so much uh, emphasis on who that was I was as a person mm. and trying to fit the mold of the fashion gal, <laughs> um, I just today kind of returned back to it on my own terms and so it feels really good to have gone to my first modeling go see where I got signed to an agency to to be a plus size and you know unapologetically wrote down my size as double extra large 18 to 20 period do you have my size or what Um, whereas before I'd be like I'm so sorry for being in this body (laughs) and your clothes don't I'm like you better get clothes to fit like (laughs) Uh, yeah so real big celebration um, there coming back to fashion after many many years of being away but yeah really coming back to it in my own terms and not anybody else's watch this space watch the space oh i can't wait <laughs> my goodness so you're gonna need another um instagram handle because you're gonna need like your modeling handle as well i feel like it's very on brand for me to keep with just amitha kala okay it's just it'll all be there besides amitha eats plants yeah that is the vegan food page which is tbc that is the goal for this year to, we're working on it with funding not even funding it's like it's my own uh like work ethic between perfect needing perfection and being frozen into doing nothing oh i know that old chestnut we know that one well (laughs) (laughs) it's like releasing the need of perfection or like releasing to the this is what marcus said actually releasing to the process of like the journey and it's like, and actually you mentioned this in the art class and it stuck with me ever since you said it because it was such a magical seed of thought. Yeah. Um, what did I say? <laughs> because art is the same. I was in freeze, not wanting to create a bad picture that I didn't want to draw anything. And you said, you art, the art is the journey. Mm-hmm. Like, the art isn't just the end picture that you get to hang up on the wall. Yeah. The art is you staring at a blank canvas, picking the colors, drawing the lines, 
taking the lines out, pouring paint all over it, starting again. This is the art. The art is the journey. And mm. I was like, oh, my gosh, whoa. <laughs> Mind blown in so many, like, ways in mm. that I just, like, am stuck in – it's like I'm not, not – yeah, I'm just I'm my own worst enemy in regards of like, just just do it, mm. like let just do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, I love this. All right, so I'm going to ask you two questions. Okay. Um, of my own devising, devising. Um, so given the opportunity to hang out with a version of yourself from the past or the future, Ooh. what would you choose? I think I would like to hang out with the... Oh, that's a good one. (laughs) That is a good one. Because the thing is, I want to be the big sister I never had. Yeah. But the thing is, what that that's me wishing, being wishful, or because it's like I know. I think I've studied the old me. Like one, you know, when you're going on the self growth journey, you have to study like baby you, teenage you, like what did she go through? Yes. So I feel like I know her so well. So if I go back there, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense for me to go back there. So you want to see future you? I would like to see future me just to like chat. But the thing is, I also, I'm like, I, I also really am happy like being current me. So that's why the question is hard for me right now. Because I'm so like happy and content in being in this current form, where I'm like not like, are you gonna like are you gonna be happy? So it's like because we're happy now. If you had like another present you, what would what would you and present you do for a day? Oh, what would we do? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would just be like I think it'd be great because I mean we just do the things that. I do with myself anyway. Cause I mean, I like, I live Miss Independent Life alone. Yeah. So I like pretty much have self in mind all the time when I'm doing things. Like, what like, today I went and went to the, the modeling go see. Then I decided, oh, I'm going to go walk to Tarte, mm. get myself a little scroll. I was like, okay. And then I drove myself to Pharaoh, mm. walked along this, just like, because I love doing that. I love taking myself on dates to fancy grocery stores. Beautiful. But the thing is, we just lean in. It's like, what do you want to do today? What's the vibe? Hey, babe. Literally. Yeah, babe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you want to do that? Yeah. I do you want to masturbate? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Yeah. Great. I love, I love your, I love your re- reasoning behind that. <laughs> uh, second question then. I had as a little girl an obsession with learning facts Mm -hmm. like I wanted to know like okay but how many dots does a ladybug have okay like exactly how long is a blue whale uh you know how what is the strongest um deadlift in the world that a person can do like I needed to know a lot of things and I find it very fascinating what we've learned how some things kind of stick and you're like, but I don't remember my phone number, but I do remember mm. like this variety of goat that lives in the Himalayas. Yeah. Like, what's up with that? What is there like a, <laughs> a fact or like a like a weird thing that's stuck in your head that won't get out that you want to share with me because I'm obsessed. Oh yeah, that's a good one. What is something? No, you know. Why does it, I'm trying to think of like childhood thoughts and memories and like maybe make it food related. Like, what do you know about food that you're like? Yeah, I know the calories to so many things. And the thing is, I just the thing is, I've retained that information obviously because I was so I did it for so long. Okay, but I've released the counting. Nice, but I just happen to know you still retained. Like I know a tablespoon, yeah, of oil is like 120 calories. I, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think about that. It ain't no thing. No, don't it ain't. Worry. It ain't no thing like that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So, like, if I were to tell you, okay, in my pantry, I've got a jar of peanut butter. I've got some pickled onions. 
I've got rice. I would not know the calories. And some, no, 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 no. Oh, okay. I'm thinking like, what well, you you would know like how to cook this. So if I've got like, yeah, you know. I actually don't know. I I do think about this as well. I don't know the where my brain. I like how I'm leading you through this. Yeah, I I'm like my brain. If I look at ingredients, yeah, there's just like it spurts into so many different ideas. Interesting. And then if I see two ingredients together, that's normally how I do it. Is like if something is kind of needing to be used, I'll take them out. Like when I first saw this hummus, I took it out of the fridge because I was like, we got to use the hummus. Um, and then it's like you think you work around that to then come up with the recipe. So you come That's up. incredible. Yeah. I, I don't know how. It works. I feel like when when I've been watching, I mean, I've been, I've been watching cooking channel for freaking years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like from that. I think that's like the thing that my brain retains. Every recipe that could, I could cook butter beans and I'm like, butter beans and gnocchi. It could be creamy. Or, oh no, my mushrooms. Yeah. That's too yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. It's like creamy mushrooms. It's like miso soup. It's going to be in stir fry. It's going to be like chopped up really small. I can put it in my tofu like sausage blend. It's just like endless opportunities with that one ingredient. Oh. And like the more content I take on, the more I'm like, oh, because there's new recipes I'm learning every single day nice and then i'll think oh yeah i've got those ingredients i want to try it out and then we make it and then we make it yeah i want to do a cooking show with you please <laughs> i feel, i mean i've done my youtube channel i've got got a few recipes out and you want some vegan we'll be putting that in the show notes <laughs> vegan cooking shows. yeah i i'm one to teach people i just need to let go i'm so sorry i wanted to be perfect We'll let go so you can actually get the recipes. Because, yeah, I cook and sometimes a new thing every day. Wow. Yeah. Like, That's, I don't think I've made this before. It's delicious. Yeah. Like, my taste buds couldn't fathom what it was. Interesting. Sometimes I add garlic in. But yeah, I didn't today. It mix, we're just going to mix it up. Well, the focaccia is very garlicky, so I feel like that was a smart move. Yeah. The blend works well. And then the olives I knew was like a, that. Manuka. Salt. Smoked all the people. We fancy. Are you sold? Yeah, I'm sold. Divine. Yeah. I'll be bringing this. Please. They're a standard. <laughs> <laughs> the olives. Oh, beautiful, Amitha. I think we are wrapping ourselves up. So I like to um, end my show with a bit of gratitude. Mm-hmm. So I thought about the fact that... Uh, the Viking, as I call him, is the creator, the sort of the reason, the enabler mm-hmm. of this podcast. He does the post, post-production post sound. We don't do any editing in this. We keep all the things. But he makes us sound amazing. Oh, There is awesome. so many things to do post-production. So thank you. I'm very grateful for Bjorn. And I think that the curiosity and that expansive joy that both of us possess is something that I'm very grateful for and quality time (laughs) I'm getting very (laughs) misty-eyed and I'm very grateful for my son and I'm very grateful for your pup dog (laughs) ginger ginger and very grateful for our ability to experience senses and food and nourishment and for the healing journey. Mm. I love that. <laughs> I'm grateful for all like, yeah, it's using that food journey. I think having gone through the bike, probably one of the like, biggest breakups of when I bought a house, you know, bought a dog and like, you know, doing that and then coming here i think i'm super grateful for the range of emotions that humans get to feel (laughs) it's like i can like be really angry that fat phobia existed and like i went through all the stuff but actually if you think about it like humans are capable of understanding well if we say stuff the stuff is happens in in effect or it's like wow if this human grows up like this, this is how they might turn out. And like understanding that and then understanding the emotions that you get to feel because life is like capitalism makes it think that only once you're rich, 
um, have a successful job, have a child, da, 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 you'll be happy. Like mm. that's the definition of happiness is once you've reached the end. Like we've said, the happiness is the journey. Mm. It's like understanding that life is going to come in waves of happiness and sadness. Mm. And actually it is such a blessing to be able to experience those emotions with like such intensity and like, realness and fullness i remember i used to get really angry when i was in like sadness because i'd be like why like i've I've let you grieve like i've given you I've, this is me talking to myself mm-hmm. i've given you a week like you've cried like why aren't you over it but then it's like actually like really thankful to being able to take a moment to like oh wait that's actually awesome to get to feel this like that it, this this reaction is is valid and it makes so much sense. As I guess we inter- like intellectualize it, but it's like just being grateful of like it's being so able to fun. like be like just to question everything and understand it, and so it's less like what I don't understand myself and my own body. I'm like, oh, we're home. Like this, and it's like being at peace with like every little thing and every mm. little part of it. Mm. Super grateful for that. (laughs) (sighs) What a wonderful thing. Thank you all so much. Thank you for your time, Amitha. And thank you, dear listener, for joining us. And stay tuned for another episode of the Rudo Love Podcast. Kakitia noaho iakoto. 